Uh, show with Bill and Ian, uh, episode 41. Uh, it's been a week. Um, do you remember whenever I said that uh, we should do less topical things to make the show more, you know, evergreen and approachable for people that don't keep up with weekly kind of shit? I do remember that because yeah. it kind of threw me for a loop um, because I realized at that point uh, everything I contributed to the show as far as topics was always like something something in the news that week. Yeah. And then and then I went and introduced a segment that uh, relies very heavily on what's going on week to week in the fucking crypto scam space. Yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, that, that's on me. I don't know. Is this a dead wrong? I don't know. But I just thought I needed to <laughs> address that because it, I, I realized it. Um, but anyway, this is no fucking thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this week, uh, sort of the largest money laundering scam in history The uh, the, the culprits were, uh, apprehended. You know, it's funny before we get into this mm-hmm. last week, there was one story from the segment that we cut. It was the one that I that's right threw in there. And it was a it was a verge report about how um, and this is a bit different because it's crypto, not NFT specifically, but NFT money laundering. There was a study that it's a quote, small but growing problem. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> and so here we are a week later with this uh, with this doozy here. Yeah. So. Uh, a couple from New York City was arrested uh, this Tuesday at the time of recording uh, for laundering $4.5 billion worth of crypto. $4.5 billion. Uh, and <laughs> these two. <laughs> All right. So the two are, uh, uh, they're a couple, uh, husband and wife, Ilya Lichtenstein, who goes by Dutch Lichtenstein, which is the stupidest fucking name I've ever heard. Uh, it's like going by Paris, England or something. Um, and his wife, uh, Heather Rhiannon Morgan. Um, so they uh, washed 119,754 Bitcoin, which was stolen from an exchange called Bitfinex or Bitfinex. I don't know how you're supposed to say that shit. Um and it was eventually transferred into a wallet that Liechtenstein controlled. Um, now, he's a dual citizen of the U.S. and Russia. Uh, and the IRS and FBI released, like, this chart of how they spread out the funds throughout their wallets. Um, and the funds were originally taken from the exchange in 2017, I believe. And they were worth significantly, like, significantly less than they are now, right? Yes, because there was a crypto... A Bitcoin, a huge crash in 2017. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, 2016 is whenever it was uh, taken off the exchange. Um, but yeah, there was a huge crash around that time. Um, and so Bitcoin was worth much less than it is now. So yeah, uh, according to this Daily Beast, uh, $4.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. Um, and so the FBI uh, is sort of posturing these two as these incredible masterminds that were able to orchestrate, uh, you know, moving all these funds to these different wallets and uh, blah, 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 and how the FBI uh, was able to outsmart them, you know. Um, And uh, the deputy attorney general said that today's arrest in the department's largest financial seizure ever shows that cryptocurrency is not a safe haven for criminals. Like they're, they're talking this like very big, you know, 
game here. Um, but these two characters are so bizarre that it's hard to believe that they could even pull off something like this. And it's hard to believe that they got away with it for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) so, uh, I think the more interesting of the two is, uh, Morgan here. Oh, without a doubt. Because she's, she styles herself as, uh, a, a quote, serial entrepreneur, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, and she describes herself as weird and eccentric and says that both she and her husband enjoy taxidermy and weird art. Um, and of course, she's a rapper. Mm-hmm. And her stage name is Razzlecon. Hell yeah. And the name she lets everybody know is, uh, this is from her website, Razzlecon.com, which is still up and active. Uh, Razzlecon is like Genghis Khan. But with more pizzazz. Yeah, I mean, that's accurate. <laughs> you know, it's like a genocidal warlord, but with more pizzazz. Mm-hmm. With more jazz hands to it. Add that little extra spice. Uh-huh. Uh, quote, no one knows for sure where this rapper's from. Could be the North African desert, the jungles of Vietnam, or another universe. All that matters is she's here to stick up for misfits and underdogs everywhere. We do know that she's descended from a nomadic tribe, though. Um, she's from Northern California. <laughs> <laughs> she, she is not. She is not part of any nomadic tribe, or from Northern Africa or China or uh, anything of the sort. She's from like. I like. I also. I, I like how she's talking about this persona as if she has no control over over yeah. like the origins yeah. of of it. Yeah, she's from wine country in uh, California. Mm-hmm. Um, because Raz has synesthesia, her art often resembles something in between an acid trip and a delightful nightmare. Definitely not for the faint of heart or easily offended. Raz likes to push the limits of what people are comfortable with. Her style has often been described as, quote, sexy horror comedy because of her fondness for combining dark and disturbing concepts with dirty jokes and gestures. Just like her fearless entrepreneurial spirit and hacker mindset, Raz shamelessly explores new frontiers of art, pushing the limits of what's possible. Whether that leads to something wonderful or terrible is unclear. The only thing that's certain is it won't be boring or mediocre. <laughs> it, it just keeps going. As we know from her lyrics in Versace Bedouin, I don't know how to say that. Uh, Raz is not just a rapper. She is also a software CEO, a writer, an ec- economist, and a few contradictory other things. Listen to find out. Well, Raz has many rappers that she is inspired by, including South African rap duo Die Antwoord, Tierra Wack, and rapper Mickey Avalon. She also finds great inspiration of the creative works of Salvador Dali, Diane Arbus, Hunter S. Thompson, Thompson, I'm sorry, Roald Dahl, and Charles Bukowski. Um, it's quite an array. Yeah. Now, the music. Oh, no. Yes, oh, no. The music. Oh, no. It's the, the, the YouTube's down. What do you mean? You, the entire thing? The one video. Oh, shit. Where is the... Oh, yeah, a lot of them were being taken down. Fuck. Um, mm-hmm. Where's the crypto one? Where'd it go? Why is, how is her website still up, but the YouTube is down? Oh, god damn it. Where is it? Because we cannot proceed. No, I, I think we have to hear it. We have to hear at least one of them. She's not on Spotify, right? Okay, 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 okay. Here's the crypto one. Mm-hmm. Um, ugh, I've, I've, I've heard it, and it is... Um, let's just play it. Do you think we have to worry about um, copyright takedowns here? I don't I don't think so. And and the reason why is because it is um 
without spoiling, uh, it's so tone deaf that I don't think like any content ID is gonna pick it up for like human sounds. You know, like <laughs> fair. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is this is the crypto. I, I guess it's more of like a freestyle. Uh, she. <laughs> yeah. All right. Motherfuckers, hodo. What I gotta do, yodo. Our mission is noble. Yeah, wanna be a mogul. My tindy's going global. Build an empire, Constantinople. You mean Istanbul? Get icy like Froyo. I'll gotta stay vocal. Bitcoin, Ethereum, hodo. AMC, GameStop, YOLO. The hedgie short squeeze with ease, but they say no pump and dumps, please. What? My Ooh. Did she say Hodor at one point? Uh, no, she says Hodel a couple times, which is crypto, okay. which is crypto slang, off of a intentional mistyping of hold. It's they they tell you to hold all of your like coins and shit because they're going to go to the moon or whatever. Okay. Yes. Um. So let me just just before we say anything further, am I allowed to like this unironically? Uh, no. Okay. No, you're not. All right. Because it's <laughs> Darn. it's 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 fucking it's fucking dreadful. It's fucking, the the thing about this one is is that it looks like she is uh, a hostage somewhere. Like like she's been kidnapped in Dubai or something and like <laughs> there are there are just a full row of machine guns off camera just cuz she keeps looking off like to the side like side-eyeing something while she's doing this <laughs> I guess rap. Um, it is so unsettling. Uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, so, so what? What is? What is? Where? Where's the? Where's the? There's so much here. Cause she was, <laughs> she was prolific on the TikTok. I guess. Uh, Somehow never made it to my side of TikTok. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is this one? Yo, Razzle Dazzle, always been a trendsetter, cause I always do it better, fly like a feather, hot like the weather. Razzle Cone, always be your best self, cause that is your real self. Yeah, I got that backwards. Your real self is always your best self. Razzle Dazzle, stay awkward and weird. What? Why is she like cocking up a loogie? Like, what is that? Also, it, it sounds like she's standing in the middle of a busy New York City she street. Is. There's she just is. so much. Oh, she is. She okay. Is. Well, that makes perfect sense then. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta, I gotta do this quick freestyle inspirational rap. You for have the to capture. You have to capture the magic while it's there. And she says she got it backwards, but like, does it matter that she got that backwards? It's the same thing. Wait, what's that? That line she said, your best self is your real self. And then she says she got it backwards. Then she had to correct it and say it the other way. So your real self is your best self. Yeah. What does it matter? It's the same thing. It is the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so she was also uh, very proud of the fact that she uh, was a contributor to. Um, sorry, I'm like, I'm just like still reeling from. <laughs> No, it's crazy because she has this other side where, to where she's like a somewhat legitimate writer. Uh, uh mm, mm, eh. some somewhat. I mean, I'm using that kind of like I'm I'm being forgiving here, but like compared to what we just listened to, yeah. So she is like she was published in some pretty, you know. So she she was a contributor to Forbes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
So the thing about Forbes is that uh, you sort of pay them to get published. Oh, is really? I didn't know it works like that. <laughs> yes. They are not really a real outlet anymore. Uh, they're basically bullshit and anybody can kind of just write whatever. So uh, it's just like, you're just like, they're just like advertising then. Yes. Yes. So she, so she wrote articles uh, such as how to start a conversation with even the busiest leaders. I don't know what that means. Uh, and how I flew to 13 countries in first class without buying tickets. So, so she was on the grift, you know, she was, mm-hmm. she was on the, um, and she founded a company called sales folk, uh, which is quote, the first company to specialize in cold email copywriting. Uh, so that was sort of her main, uh, thing. Now, do we, what is the definition of that cold email copywriting? A cold email is whenever you send something to somebody that they're not like anticipating. Oh, it's like cold calling. Yeah. So <laughs> that's it. Oh. <laughs> she she was doing email marketing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the two uh, allegedly, quote, employed numerous sophisticated laundering techniques, including using fictitious identities to set up online accounts, utilizing computer programs to automate transactions, a laundering technique that allows for many transactions to take place in a short amount of time, depositing the stolen funds into accounts at a variety of virtual currency exchanges and darknet markets, and then withdrawing the funds, which obfuscates the trail of the transaction history by breaking up the fund flow, according to prosecutors. Um, Now, she claims that these were legitimate. Uh, So in the criminal complaint, she claims that my boyfriend, and then in parentheses, now husband, gifted me cryptocurrency over several years, 2014, 2015, which have appreciated. I have been keeping them in cold storage. Um, but the thing is, is that these were the funds that were missing from this exchange from 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, prosecutors said the pair spent the proceeds on uh, gold NFTs and quote mundane things like purchasing a Walmart gift card for $500. Like, isn't that, isn't that sad that you fucking had like six billion? How much was it? billion and you bought NFTs. I mean, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It's, it's sad if you buy NFTs. Yeah. That's what I I mean. Yeah. It's like, for sure. You could buy anything. Mm -hmm. You're a multi-billionaire and you're buying JPEGs. You could buy, for instance, um, songwriting lessons. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Where, where's the, where's the music video? I want to see the music video. Is it, does it kind of fall into the category, the music that is, of something that is such a disaster that it's kind of like appealing? Uh, or is this, am I just, no? I don't think so. Okay. I think it's just really bad and cringy. Okay, here's something. Yeah. Ooh, the production uh, level here is. You annoying like vag itch. So lame. Um, so, so, so no, (laughs) I think it's just really bad. And I think she truly is convinced that she's some kind of like edgy auteur, Mm -hmm. which, which there is, there is a sadness to it. There's a deep sadness to it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, you're 
you're you're annoying like Vajich. You have to admit though, the production level of this song is is much better that's, than yeah, that's the previous that's two. the one that because that wasn't like a freestyle TikTok. This was clipped out of the one of the music videos she did. Um, it's like there's an actual like she's on like rhythm, right? <laughs> so, somewhat for the most part. Well, yeah, it helps if you're just saying bad bitch over and over again. You can kind of find it naturally, you know. So this isn't an earworm for you? N- no, no, no. Kind of, kind of the opposite, okay. actually. It like deeply repels me. Mm. Uh, yeah, like it, it, it really triggers my fight or flight. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Weirdest is most original. This song is for the entrepreneurs and hackers, all the misfits and smart slackers. What? Russell Kong, the Versace better win. Motherfucking crocodile of Wall Street. Silver on my fingers and boots on my feet. Always be a goat, not a goddamn sheep. Email me, fuck your message at the beep. Beep, 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 beep. Spirit of a revolutionary, power of a dictator. Love to be contrary, but I'm fly like a gator. I've got pilot blood, I'm a real risk taker. Pirate riding the flood, badass money maker. Grandmother crocodile, weirder than an ex file. Sparkle on my little finger, hella barazzled ear to ear, poised to throw a zinger, playing on their worst fear. Russell Kong, the Versace better win. Come real far, but don't know where I'm heading. Motherfucking crocodile of Wall Street. Silver on my fingers and boots on my feet. Always be a goat, not a goddamn sheep. Email me, fuck your message at the beep. There's a lot of it, mixing of like animal metaphors in this one. Yeah, because she says she's a crocodile, but then there's like a tiger. Just, and there's a gator. Yeah. Yeah. Fly like a gator. I don't quite get that. And one. is boots on my feet really a like a flex, like a wrapping flex? The fact that you have shoes. Like usually they like <laughs> like they name drop like one of the brands or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't even go there. She just she just says that she has boots. She should name drop some of the expensive NFTs that she's purchased. Right. Uh yeah. Yeah. And also like I mean email I, me, I, yo. I, <laughs> like what <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's so strange. Now, is she going to jail? Uh, probably. Okay. Because I was going to say, like, we don't have a proper intro song to this podcast. That's, like, we do, but, like, it could be improved yes, upon. that's true. Yeah. So if she wasn't going to jail, I would maybe try and reach out. Mm-hmm. Um... The crocodile of Wall Street. What? What? Like even, even, even now, like I still, I'm still a little bit hung up on the fact that I don't entirely hate it. I, I think you need to. Did you, did you take a hit to your head recently? Not that I can remember. Okay. Um. Goofy, goofy, goofy. I'm motherfucking fancy. Rent boys on payroll because I'm so damn wealthy. Bitch, I'm gonna take to stay healthy. Fuck, we heard. Rip Van Winkle, sprinkle showers wherever I tinkle. I'm a bad bitch, <laughs> like bad G Winkle, riding a duke like a moose bull Winkle. <sighs> That's what's up. I'm dropping my song, Gilfalicious, on 99. Riding the dick like Bullwinkle? So, what was the gag? Uh, <laughs> That's she, she, she does this thing. Where instead of going like bleh or something like that, she just kind of like hawks a loogie. That's like her trademark. I don't get it. Riding the dick like Bullwinkle. And she's name dropping Rip Van Winkle. 
What is happening? I mean, so again, I'm going to I'm going to ride this out. I'm going to stick to the fact that I don't entirely hate it, but I also do need to at the same time acknowledge that there might be some uh cultural appropriation going on here that's that's less than ideal. How the fuck Okay, this is a tweet. How the fuck do you rhyme the Versace Bedouin with come real far but don't know where I'm headed when the rhyme is clearly come real far but don't know where I've been? <laughs> been almost rhymes with Bedouin. Headed doesn't rhyme at all. There's a lot wrong here, but come on. I mean, you know, you can be nitpicky, but... <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I do apologize. Apparently on LinkedIn, uh, their pronouns are they, them. Uh, I think a lot of people have been getting that wrong, actually. Oh, sh- I didn't know that. Yeah, I think uh, I've read some articles that have uh, misused the pronouns. Yeah. Um. So a lot of people, especially in the crypto sphere uh think these two are patsies that they have been set up that they are the fall guys that there is no possible way that they could have orchestrated this Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) i say uh why not like like yeah i mean the end result here (laughs) is them getting caught so it's not like they're super geniuses right i think i think the crypto people are like trying to protect their very very serious very serious interests and they're like there's no there's no way people this ridiculous could have you know uh compromised our very super serious systems that are so totally flawless um but it's like see maybe that's part of the appeal with her music for me is the fact that it's sort of making a mockery of like i mean a variety of things but it you know one of them is the crypto culture which you know really deserved that so yes but not intentionally you don't think so? No. This isn't like parody. This isn't like. No. I'm like running off of the assumption that it is parody. Your assumption's wrong. Like the whole persona thing. Like it's it's all a bit. No, it's not. It's deadly serious. Oh, well, that changes things a bit. <laughs> puff, puff, pass. Fuck the park. It's full of fuck boy sex slaves. I'm about to light it up when a big ass horse pulls up in a dark chocolate 67 Porsche. How much for a hand job? Yo, I'm not some kind of slutty basic hoe. About to jack off a horse for a ride in yo poche. Okay. It's poetry. Ooh. Also, I really like your your very uh, straight reading of that. Like you're <laughs> just like completely like deadpan reading. It's very good. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah. I <laughs> well, there was a Verge story that sort of like compiled all the various things that she's done, like the music videos and the articles and, and did like a whole write up on her mm-hmm. history. And at one point, the writer of this Verge story asked a question, which is, can we stand? Um, I think you fall under the no category on that one. I think I think the best thing that they did mm-hmm. was steal five billion in crypto. Oh, totally. I think you can for that aspect. Yeah. Um, also, one of the one of the ways that they got caught was they kept their the keys for some of the wallets on their Google Drive account. Mm-hmm. So it was really easy to find and tie like, like all the, the accounts um, together. It's like the digital equivalent of leaving your keys under the mat. Kind of. Um, yeah. I was not lying when I said I was too busy to take on this project, but listening to these raps she made, they were so bad. I was kind of like, I don't know if I can deal with this because sometimes for a certain price, you can make your schedule work. And I really couldn't come up with a number. 
that is from uh, a photographer uh, that was contacted to uh, document their engagement uh, <laughs> who could not be swayed to do the gig. Uh, the pair wanted photos of, quote, Dutch and all his wives, which would be Photoshop shots of Lichtenstein and Morgan as Razzle Khan with multiple personas. One thing I was curious about, do we know if they had um, any sort of like following as as an artist prior to the story blowing up this week? Uh, no, they didn't. Oh, okay. She had like, I think like a few hundred Instagram followers on on the rapping account. Okay. You know, uh, it was really just a hobby. It was not like it was as much as she might protest. So ultimately, they like, protest, I'm sorry, you know, assuming that there isn't a ton of jail time, right? Uh, and that they, <laughs> I mean, it's, well, the, it's the biggest laundering scheme in history, just based off of the amount that they stole. Okay, so that that could be serious because, like, they have to go off of the U.S. value, right? Like, there's, you know, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah. I was gonna say, like, you know, they get out of jail eventually, and then now there's there's all sorts of potential for a for a rap career. You know, you're you're in the public spotlight now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lichtenstein posted his five mil bonds. Morgan posted their three million. Um, and so they are uh, on house arrest with electronic monitoring and uh, restricted use of smartphones. So I don't think we're going to be getting any more TikToks uh, anytime soon. Oh, if convicted, uh, they face a maximum of 25 years. That usually gets cut down. Mm-hmm. And of course, they have been restricted from some financial restrictions, including restrictions on any crypto transactions. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How'd they get the three million for the um, for bail? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the difference in bail is. I guess he was, they figure he was more involved in the, I think a lot of the stuff was in his name is the thing. Oh, okay. So that's what, that's what I gather. Um, but yeah, that's the uh, crypto couple that pulled off the biggest scam in history. How long until Hollywood uh, jumps on this one? Oh, Netflix will have something in six months. Yeah, I believe it. Like it was, it's surreal how quickly these things move now with like adaptations and stuff. Because like I was reading coverage of like the Elizabeth Holmes trial while it was happening. Mm -hmm. And then like on the same website, you'll see first screenshot of um, Amanda Seyfried as Elizabeth Holmes (laughs) in the new, in the new film. So it's like, it's, it's pretty wild. Well, I mean, there was that. HBO documentary like a few years ago, right? And that was based on a, a podcast too. So there, like she was in the in the um, yeah. the public eye for for quite a while before this. But uh, yeah, I definitely expect we'll see see a biopic of some sort. This, of, yeah, like, this, crime. This has Tiger King all over it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we have a uh, uh, dating is dead. Um, and well, no, not really. If I if I hurry, this could be out for uh valentine's day but i'm not really necessarily calling it a valentine's day edition um but uh last week was a little uh a little a little rough uh mm-hmm. some 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 editing needed to take place um well i was i was thinking about this yeah um i don't know i could be i could be um making a problem where there is none here but so when we when we take like uh profiles off of like one of the dating apps um i feel like that's that's where we kind of run into trouble yeah because I don't know, there's just something different about that versus like something that was maybe posted on social media or like a news story or something. Because it's like you're taking 
that dating profile out of the environment um, where it was intended to be, if that makes sense. Like, I know it's a public thing. Like, you know, you, you put your profile out there and it's public, but it's also just meant to be seen by people on the dating apps, right? So when you pull it into a different context, I don't know if that's maybe taking it a step too far. Uh, it's not like I'm, yeah, I, I, I do see your point. But it is not like I'm taking the uh, uh, information and like keeping somebody from holding a job or something, you know, like I'm not like. Right. No, we're not using names. We're really trying not to even use gender or any sort of identifying detail. Even though I am changing the environment, I'm not changing the context. Okay. Okay. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking the information and telling you that it is something different than a dating profile. Right. True. True. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Want to throw it out there? Um, yes. As you know, this is the segment that I'm most sensitive to. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> when I go on Tinder, mm-hmm. and Tinder is, I don't understand it. And this time, when I went in, um, I couldn't really understand what people were saying like on their profiles and okay so we're just going to be trying to like play detective and figure some stuff out here i think so i think so and the other thing i want to bring up is uh dudes okay sure there is something and and you know maybe this is just this is just my perspective as uh a, a straight guy who is unintentionally infiltrating people of different orientations or whatever putting themselves out there i don't know a lot of dudes just appear very threatening okay. on these on these profiles. Like in what way? The way that they frame their photos is just like a lot. A lot of the times, it just like has this menacing aura to me. Like like I don't I don't necessarily feel threatened, right? Like I'm I'm very I'm very comfortable with my own shit. Like where I mm-hmm. am on the spectrum of whatever you want to call it, right? I'm good. Um, sure. I'm good, but. They're like sort of in your face in some of these photos. And it's like, dude, chill, chill, like calm down. I'm still not quite grasping this. So are they like, are you talking about just like the um, framing of the shot? The framing of the photos. Like they're like either like really up close or they're like, like this is, this is my whole, my whole body, man. And then it's like, (laughs) all right, like chill out, chill out. Cause then you see pictures of girls, right? And they're just mm-hmm. kind of they're just kind of hanging out, you know. Sure. Like, uh, there's such a there's such a distinct contrast to me. Um, but th- but again, maybe this is just my perspective. So th- okay. so this is what I th- that's just what I experienced this on this little trip in this time around. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Anybody could do with that what they will. I don't know. Um. So you're saying that these men are are objectifying themselves, and you have a problem with that? I don't think they're objectifying themselves. I think like. You could have a photo of yourself that doesn't have to be like, I don't know, not in your face, but in their face. Like it's it's like it's like the way they're framed is like, yep, yep. This is you got to be you got to be like right here in my in my zone. Like it's like chill. Take it easy. And see all those pores. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, I don't know. I, I think a lot of dudes also don't know how to smile. That's another problem. Uh, mm-hmm. they, some so, so a lot of smiles look more menacing than they should be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I believe that. So, like, there, there's a lot of factors at play that add up. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway. So, this first one. Uh, be interesting. Have hobbies. Be willing to push your comfort zone. 
Acknowledge your trauma. Be passionate. Know your flaws. Be comfortable with your own company. Find the sweet spot of exactly how seriously to take life. Me. Loyal, honest, funny, sometimes guarded, family-oriented, empathetic, compassionate, big into nature, traveling, and, t- and R- not TV camping, RV camping. I won't be messaging you first. Um, I didn't know what to do with the first paragraph. Yeah, I was confused there because isn't a dating profile supposed to be about you? Like, and they get there eventually, but so I mean that that's it's very demanding. So uh, yeah, so like, are those demands or mm-hmm. are these they like sound like it? Or are these like weird self affirmation thingies? Oh, could be. Could like, be. I didn't understand what I was meant to do with this. I mean, my my initial reaction was, don't tell me what to do. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like acknowledge your trauma. It's like chill. I don't, I don't even know your last name. Like, mm-hmm. and like, you want me to like unload my trauma? Like, what the hell is this? But then it's like, it's like, do I need to write you a cover letter uh, before? Yeah, but then it's like, okay, is, is this person like saying this to themselves? Like, that would make more sense. Okay, but then also that's a lot for a Tinder profile. Mm-hmm, it is. So then if you're reading it that way, be comfortable with your own company and find the sweet spot of how to seriously take life um, and push your comfort zone. All right. But then they end with, I won't be messaging you first. Mm. So, it seems, so yes, that makes me think it is more of a demand. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, it seems like your comfort zone is not messaging first, right? Right. Like you're not cool with messaging first. Like that's not something that you do. But then you're either like, either demanding or asking yourself to push your comfort zone. Well, no, you don't know that. You're making an assumption because maybe they're the type of person that always messages first and they like impulsively do it and they can't stop themselves from doing that. So now this is them getting out of their comfort zone by not messaging first. Okay. Do you ever think think about that? Maybe, but then I I don't know what to do with any of this. No. (laughs) (laughs) You know? It's confusing. It I, is. I mean, I feel like I feel like these these profiles should be very clear in what the intentions are, right? Yeah. Um I will like I don't know if this is is this a horoscope or is this a dating profile? Right. You know, like it, it, it really should be pretty clear cut about what you want, what you're looking for, who you are. Yeah. It's not the place to be um Confucius. Yeah, yeah. And talk about trauma and Yeah, that's yeah, a bizarre one. The, that, the joy I mean, de vivre, you know? Like what are we what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Um this next one. Okay. Uh something serious wouldn't be so bad. This match talk and go nowhere is getting old. Memes are just playfully disarming, lol. Vibe, dinner, drinks, leaf emoji, and then I don't know what that other emoji is. No hookups in all caps. I'm not a whore, ladies. SMH. Funniest guy you'll ever meet. And then they put their Instagram and Snapchat. Um, I didn't understand what memes are just playfully disarming me- means. No. What does that mean? Is that a good thing? Yeah, we're, we're not doing a very good job of playing detective here. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> is that is that a good thing? Do you want Do you want memes to be disarming? I don't know. It's like maybe this person's asking for you to, instead of opening with like a, hey, what's up? Or, you know, introducing yourself, they just, they just want to be sent memes. I know. Like I've seen, I've seen a lot of profiles like that where they're like, send memes. Right. But that's, okay. that's very, that's very straightforward. And like, you, you, you kind of get it. Yeah. So once but, again, this comes down to being too unclear with what you want. Yeah. Playfully disarming. Like, it's like, okay, are you averse to memes? You know, like, 
like do you do you want to be disarmed or not like that's that, yeah that could go either it could go either way yeah. it's 50 50 yeah so, so you send a meme to this person you are taking a risk right are they meme phobic or if you don't send a meme you're also taking a yeah. risk yeah i don't know what the, so yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> good luck with that yeah because they're like this match talk and go nowhere is getting old it's like okay all right so you want some match meme and go somewhere i don't know i don't know also, um, are they equating people that are looking for hookups uh, with being whores? Because that's problematic. Yeah, yeah, that's not great. That's not great. <laughs> that's not great. No. Um, I think it's attempting to appeal to, um, uh, well, he, I, I, this person says ladies, so I think that they're attempting to appeal to women that are also not looking for hookups, but I think it goes too far. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's like There's a slush, different way to work. shaming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah. Um, this next one. Okay. Uh, I'm polyamorous and I live with my girlfriend of six years. You matched me, not her. So don't go there. Let's play video games, go on cute dates to a hockey game, and then eventually wear adorable ears at Disney. I play PS4 slash Switch slash Xbox One. I'm a hockey journalist who designs and runs their own site. I'm also a freelance graphic designer and digital artist. I love and have worked with dogs professionally for four plus years. I have tattoos, piercings, and I'm super 420 friendly, fully vaxxed. Um, I didn't know what the first thing meant. Can you repeat it? I'm polyamorous and I live with my girlfriend of six years. You matched me, not her, so don't go there. See, is it bad that my first reaction there is challenge accepted? <laughs> God. Uh, like, hold my beer? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, you know. I think I think a lot of people probably would. Yeah. Uh, okay. So so that's so that's what it, so that's what it means. So it's like basically saying like no threesomes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So see like so see that wasn't completely clear to me. No, I I got it. I just didn't. I don't know why you would leave with that because you're drawing attention to the very thing you're trying to avoid. Yes. Yes. Not the fact that this person's poly, but the fact that they don't want anybody interacting with their girlfriends. Like, well, we wouldn't even know you had a girlfriend if you yeah. didn't make it your very first line in the pie. But then I guess like it would be weird if you match with somebody and then it's like, oh, by the way, I have a girlfriend. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So is it not just enough to say that you're poly and there's an expectation there that you could well, have one? Because you could be poly and single, right? And like, you l- could. And like looking around. For sure, multiple people sure. so okay i think yeah, I, I think i think it is good to have that i just don't like yeah i think it, it is i think it is asking off. for trouble you know whenever you i mean even aside from asking for trouble it just comes off as kind of aggressive just like weirdly like hostile for no reason yeah yeah but then it's pr- it's probably a response to interactions that they've had previously oh, yeah. right yeah that makes sense yeah so but still, how are we supposed to like, it's like, uh, we had nothing to do with that. So. Right. Yeah. It's like, okay. All right. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, going to mention your trauma. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I wasn't really going to ask about your girlfriend, but all right, man. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that, that was another one where I didn't quite know what to do with that. Um, all right. This next one, uh, six and then the pound sign, which I guess they mean they meant to do the six feet but they use like the star pound sign thingy instead so oh yeah okay. there's that uh so six <laughs> newly single looking for dates chat fun uh the latter uh i don't know what that means either goals of relationship preferably open uh swimming hiking traveling skiing cosplay theater photography drawing cleaning organizing cooking baking horror and mystery are just the tip of the iceberg about me and then they have a little emoticon uh have a housekeeping service for the gays and the theys on the side. Let me know if interested. 
Always looking for a cuddle buddy. Um, yeah. What, 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 what's with the housekeeping service thing? Yeah, that one caught me, caught me off guard. Um, <laughs> what, what is what is that? Is it, Wait, can you repeat that that section there? That little have a housekeeping service for the gays and the theys on the side. Let me know if interested. Are you are you looking to hire people, or is this a service that you only provide for LGBT people? Huh. I have no idea. I'm interested to know, honestly. Right. I'm like, okay. Uh, I mean, they mentioned that they enjoy cleaning. Like that's cleaning is one of their hobbies. So right. It would make sense if they're providing the service. Right. But at the same, it's like, yeah, are you, are you hiring or are you, are you offering <laughs> to clean somebody's place? So, I mean, it's a running theme here that you just got to be more clear. Yeah, like, I don't know what to do with this. Um, and also, I don't know what the ladder means uh, whenever they say what they're looking for. Uh, is there like a leaderboard on Tinder that I'm not aware of? Um, yeah, I don't. Wait, is that like ladder is in like L-A-D-D? Or yeah, L-A-D-D-E-R. Ladder. Oh, huh. Unless they were trying to say latter and they spelled it wrong. But Could be. I also don't know what that's referring to either. Well, right before it, there was like a there were two things that were mentioned. Uh, newly single, looking for dates, chat, fun, the ladder. Huh. Well, the latter would be fun. Right. So you. But why, why you would just you only looking be looking for, for that if you. Yeah. Just put, why would just you put, mention just put fun then. Just say looking for fun. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I just I don't know how to read a lot of this shit. Mm -hmm. um, okay. This one, like, the you don't really need to see the photo, but this was one of the photos where I was, I felt a menacing vibe. Okay. Uh, can you screen share it? I can. I can. Um, Actually, I could also just send. No, I'll just screen share it. It's probably faster. Okay, so uh, I'm the nice guy in the group. I swear, I smile. Let's go on a date. Building the metaverse relationship guy. Dot dot dot. Okay. I just I don't know. It's like I feel I feel uncomfortable. Um, I mean, when I look at this photo, it's just it looks like somebody that's uh has somewhere to be. Yeah. There's that. Um, because they're holding like a but also, like one of those um like uh they're holding like a packs, but with a they're holding like a messenger bag. Yeah. It looks like they're either going to the gym or coming from the gym. Mm -hmm. Um they're also like flexing, even though they're not really in like a flexing position. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, this seems like a pretty like benign, like standard photo here. I don't I really, don't know. I don't get where you're <laughs> the intimidation. The whole, like, I'm I'm, I'm the nice guy in the group. Uh-huh. And then he's a metaverse dude. Well, the one the one and thing is like mentions like um, I smile, uh, I swear I smile, and yeah. this is basically a mugshot. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then whatever relationship guy means is that like wife guy before he becomes wife guy? Yeah. Like what does that mean? Or does or it's, like it's pre wife guy? Yeah. Or like do people come to you with relationship advice? Oh, or, could be that. Could be that. Like, I don't know what that means. Also, isn't let's go on a date a little bit like redundant? I mean, it's the whole point of this, isn't it? <laughs> I would say so. But then I don't know, because if people are just looking to fuck, then. Oh, sure. Well, uh, yes. Yeah. Just don't tell that to the previous. Uh, <laughs> right. Person we talked about. Right. No hookups. Um. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, again, just information that I don't know what to do with or what it means Um. Mm -hmm. and sort of a some kind of menacing aura at least for also, me so i um the check mark there is that like uh does that mean verified uh yes but that's uh tinder will v like verify your identity so it's not like you're it's not like twitter where you're like um like notable in sort of some capacity whether you're like published or 
whatever or like a celebrity. Do you know what like, like the requirements are, like what they need to identify you? I, th I think it's a certain number of photos and maybe a driver's license to match. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Actually, I haven't done it because I literally don't have enough photos. Uh, in case, in case you can't tell, I haven't used uh, I haven't used this app. Yeah, I think it's relatively new, like maybe in the last couple of years. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, all right, we got one more. Um, all right, this one I really have no fucking clue. Um, connoisseur of chickpeas and chickpea, currently sporting a mullet. Another local neurotic queer. 420 friendly, sober-ish, five foot ten, and another twenty centimeters since it matters. Bing bong. Oh, they won me over with the bing bong. Yeah, what does that mean? Oh, that's a TikTok thing. Oh. That's um I sent you that um I think it's it's called Side Talk NYC. Um if you did, I genuinely don't remember. Okay. <laughs> um no, it's a TikTok thing. Okay. Um yeah, I don't know what to do with this one. So what's what's that about chickpeas? Because that's that's the uh that's yeah. the headline here. That's, yeah, that's, that's what they're leading with. That's weird. That's really weird. A connoisseur of chickpeas and chickpea. Is that like a euphemism? Like what? Is that mean something else that I don't know? I think they're ref like, I think they literally mean girl piss. Okay. So it meant something I wasn't aware of. <laughs> so chickpeas, like the, 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 uh, bean, like, you know, like chickpeas. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. And then he says, or they, I don't, I actually generally don't know the gender, uh, chickpea. Oh, okay. So you can catch me at the in the produce section, or you know, you can piss on me. Those are like the two options here. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. So that makes more sense. And then I think the twenty centimeters is supposed to be dick size. Um, either that or like actual. Or wait, how much is twenty centimeters? Is that like less than a foot? I twenty two inches. Uh, seven point eight inches. There seems to be a perceived. <laughs> thing with um with men where it's like they really need to be specific about their actual height for some reason okay. I've, I've seen like this on okay. certain like, tiktok stories and stuff so now they're we're mixing metric and imperial well i don't know yeah that's no that I doesn't make I'm sense sure that about. doesn't make sense because they're five foot ten and another seven inches yeah but then they'd or be no, six no. then they'd be six foot five <laughs> never mind yeah, that doesn't make sense <laughs> it's gotta be the dick <laughs> it has to be you're right but uh, yeah, I just I just think that it like it is I guess kind of funny because if you say twenty centimeters, that does seem bigger than seven point eight inches, just because it's sure. just because the the numerically it's bigger. So he had to go yeah. to, he had to go to the metric system. That's smart. <laughs> That's a smart play. <laughs> so yeah, like I don't know, man. Like what? Okay, man. Cool. You like piss? Like <laughs> it's like that's what you, that's what you're gonna lead with. All right. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, they clearly thought the whole chickpeas thing was clever. You know, wordplay there. Yeah, I guess. But then, like, what if, what if you match with, what if you like, or like somebody sees it, like, oh shit, like I like really like chickpeas. Yeah, it's like I'm a I'm a farmer from Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's like I really like those on my salad or whatever, you know. And then it's like, and then they get they get it, and they're like, oh, that's really gross. Bye. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. It could be sending some some mixed messages. Yeah. Or uh, some there's 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 room there for a, a misunderstanding to happen and it, it could lead down a road that you don't want to end up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that was dating is dead this week. Um, Just a lot of a lot of, you know, unspecific, like the very specific things. But like the, the clarity is just really missing. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, um, we do have a new segment. It'll probably be a one time segment. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily know how to approach it. Um. Because I have something that uh, I can't talk about, 
without potentially getting into legal trouble. Uh, <laughs> I genuinely don't know how that's possible. Uh, so, <laughs> so I I, I want to see if maybe you can figure it out. Okay. Or if I can, but find, I can't say it though. You can say it. Oh, I, oh, okay. So I, can't, I can say it, but you can't. I can't. I can't talk about it. Or if I can maybe find the... a way to talk about it without talking about it. Okay, interesting. So uh, this is NDA bingo. Fantastic. See, that's a good one. But I do <laughs> feel like if we had, if we had a little bit of razzle dazzle. <laughs> Sure, um, sure, sure. <laughs> it would be really nice. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So something happened this week that I had to sign a, a non-disclosure agreement for, and so I can't. Okay. I can't talk about it. Um. And so I want to see if maybe you could figure out what that is. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't place any bets on me, but I'll give it a shot. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we need. Maybe not like a, a hard timer, but like you know. Uh huh. Because if this takes four hours, then you know it's not really <laughs> not really very entertaining. But can we play twenty questions? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of what I was thinking. You know, like. Uh huh. Um. So yeah. Do I need to ask a question? Is that how this begins? I I, I guess so. Because I li- I have no idea how to even start with this. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like maybe ask me something. Okay. Um. D- can I ask you where this uh um NDA signing took place? Uh, I signed it at my house. At your house, yeah. so it was like sent via mail. Uh, no, I, I, it was a digital, digital sign. Oh, digital. Okay. Yeah. Um, does it have anything to do with like your website or this show or like anything related to the whole dead end road thing? Uh, no. Okay. Um, does it involve any of your family members? Uh, no. Um. Hmm. <laughs> Is there any sort of like hints or, or like any sort of direction you could you could send me in here? Because um, I, I truly hmm. am at a loss. Uh, okay. Um, it resulted in me getting a forty dollar Amazon gift card. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Let me think here. Was there like a class action lawsuit? Um. No, but I actually have been contacted about one of those. <laughs> well, that's a separate. That's a, a separate, separate issue. issue. Um, this podcast is just gonna be me saying um for the next 20 minutes. (laughs) I'm glad that you have that thing where it cuts out all the silence because, yeah, 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 boy. Uh, (laughs) I don't, that's this is the thing, I don't know what hints I could give you. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because you're you're really treading, uh, you're towing a line here legally, and we don't want to get you into any trouble. Yeah, um, so it has nothing to do with publishing. No, does it have to do with something that you've like purchased? Uh, yeah, in a way, huh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fun thing about this is is if you don't get it <laughs> i still can't say it on the show right yeah i'd have to wait until we stop recording um i don't mean mean any offense by this but yeah. like you don't do anything i know i know you, you, i know <laughs> you don't go anywhere <laughs> So it's like I have no idea like what kind of situation you would have gotten yourself in. Yeah. Where you've had to sign one of these things. Uh-huh. And how we result in a forty dollar <laughs> Amazon gift card. I don't I don't get it. Um does that have to do with COVID? Um, no. I'll tell you this, like this the circumstances of it, like it 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 was virtual just because of COVID, I guess. Oh. Just because it had to be. 
Okay. That's a- Does it have to do with like doctors of any sort? No. Um, what about, hmm, yeah, this is not making for a good podcast segment because I, I have no clue. I just do okay. not know. Um, um, let's see. Um, okay. Uh, it, uh, let, mm, it's a good thing that I bought that laptop because it has okay. a webcam. Oh, okay. As most laptops do. Mm-hmm. Um, were you hacked? No. Like was somebody spying on you? No. Did your laptop catch fire? <laughs> no, it, it, it doesn't, it, mm, it doesn't have anything to do with the laptop. Oh, okay. But it's good that I had it. Oh, like you're so you're saying you could you could do something virtually. Yes. Um, with the webcam. Yes. Well, you want OnlyFans? No. Um, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, huh. So this has nothing to do with the time that you freaked out at the doctor's office, huh? Because that's where my that's where my mind was going. <laughs> no, no, no medical, nothing medical. Um, does it involve Jeffrey Bezos in any way aside from the gift card? Uh. No, no, it doesn't. Hmm. It has nothing to do with people I've threatened on the show. At least I don't think it does. Okay. So I think I've threatened Jeffrey Bezos. Would, should I, like, legitimately, should I know this? Like, have we talked about something and this is the end result of it and I'm just forgetting? Completely? No, you don't, you don't know that this happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In case you couldn't tell. Um, no, I'm at a loss here. Okay. I don't want to just keep, like, you know, guessing um, things. Um mm. Yeah, so this is probably going to be a pretty unsatisfying end to this segment, right. unless you have something that you can, mm. I don't know. Um, How long does the NDA go for? I think it's in perpetuity. So I don't think, I don't think there's an embargo where like I can suddenly say what it was. Like I just can't, have you I just signed can't talk on, about it. Have you signed on to do another podcast? Uh, No. And you just can't talk about it? No. Okay. No, mm, I'm, I, I give up. Um, hmm. It has something. Uh, it's got it's 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 hobby related. Um, it 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 involves um, Final Fantasy. You're close. Um, it involves uh a, a just a, a a deep a deep amount of knowledge. Um, is this your um like something to do with Persona? Uh, okay. So so I I, I honestly didn't think we would get to this point so then now i don't know if i could say yes oh all right well we can just leave it okay there. yeah okay because i know you were um i mean you've had this this uh gigantic epic research <laughs> story that you have been just kind of letting simmer in the background about persona uh-huh does that have anything to do with this potentially? um not directly but let's just say that it c- came in handy interesting yeah yeah, I really want to know, but yeah. if we can't take it any further, then I'll just um, might yeah might have to mm, <laughs> might have to leave it there. Okay. Yeah. You, I mean, did you consider did you consider the fact that for anybody listening, this would be very unsatisfying? <laughs> no, I didn't. I really didn't think too hard about this. I was just like, this might be fun. Um, yeah. Sure. Sure. So yeah. Uh. So yeah. That that was that was NDA bingo maybe. Yeah. Bing bong. Great. Uh, if that gets if that gets claimed, I'm gonna be upset. Um, Which one is that? Is that Judge Judy? Yeah, SBS People's Court. Uh, all right. Uh, so so we we have another new segment actually. Um, so you know how on the show I frequently bring up uh, some uh, an assorted number of things from the '90s and 2000s. Uh, we had the French Stewart discourse. We had the um, 
home improvement was a big one. Um, I think I think, right. Yeah, you like to pretend that you're a '90s kid. I am a '90s. Don't even. Uh, last week there was Hootie and the Blowfish. It was that whole thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so I figured, why not just formalize this into uh, its own segment? So um, yeah, this is. Uh, it's been great. Now, nice. <laughs> so this is gonna be the show where we either reminisce or think critically of uh, something that happened, you know, in the in in, in childhood times or just mm-hmm. you know 90s 2000s or you know something something that we recall from the the old the old upbringing um because this week uh there's the, there's the new jackass you know movie mm-hmm. uh came out and so i was like oh yeah jackass and then i went and i grabbed the old movies <laughs> and i rewatched the first jackass movie uh and then it was it was really it was like a it was really just like whiplash of like Jesus, like all this like skate culture shit. Uh, and then like the credits play over 96 Bitter Beings from CKY. And it's like, oh, man. Yeah. OK. All right. Uh, and so I was just like, what a, what a what an interesting time where like skate culture was so prevalent and like dominated a lot of like it, it, it seeped into a lot of everything, like from fashion to like, you know, yeah, it feels like now you have to seek it out, whereas back then it was like in your face. Yeah, yeah, like uh, there was like a, a a melding of you know skate stuff and music and uh, like like even on um like you know kids shows and shit. Like you know there was like Rocket Power, you know, and like cartoons, like mm-hmm. like skating and things like that were like such a big. The Tony Hawk franchise. Tony Hawk was enormous. Yeah. Um, it was just like a big part of the culture. Um, and Jackass was like the 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 extreme version of that. It was like, you know, you just reminded me that I need to buy um, Ali Ali World, which came out this week. I saw that. Yeah, I didn't know that was happening. I enjoyed the first couple games. Yeah, Those me too. Fun. Those were so good. Um, anyway, sorry. And yeah, but no, that, that no, that's relevant because like I had this Game Boy game that was like it was just called Skate or Die, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and that was literally it. Like you would get chased by bees or whatever. If you didn't skate, like you would actually die, like you'd get killed if you didn't keep skating. It was, it was like really strange. Um, I used to play a lot of the um, handheld. I mean, I played all the Tony Hawk games, but I, I liked the handheld Tony Hawk games because they were like 2D adaptations of the 3D games that were on like the main consoles. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they were actually any good, but I remember liking them a lot. <laughs> Yeah, just like just like the prevalence of like extreme sports, SSX, you know, that was like huge. Um, I used to like watch the X Games religiously when I was like right. an early te- an early teen. That shit was on ESPN. Well, it still is, but but it was it was featured more heavily. Yeah. Oh, for um, sure. Like yeah, like it was a it was a big deal whenever like skateboarding was suddenly in the Summer Olympics. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, it it was such a it was such an interesting time. Um. And I was just like thinking about Jackass and like, even though as a kid, I didn't really watch it all that much, but like, I was just like remembering all this shit. Like I remembered segments from the movie that I was like, oh shit. Like whenever they electrocute their fucking taint, it's like, I I, I remember that. And like, I even remember when I I remember like Johnny Knoxville explaining what the gooch is like word for word. And I was like, how do I remember that? Yeah. Can I read you one of the top letterbox reviews of the new Jackass movie? Yeah. Yeah, so this is uh, all, people seem to really like this new one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it has an average rating of 4.0 <laughs> okay, yeah. out of five on Letterboxd, which is really good. Um, but yeah, so uh, this one is from Matt Singer. He's a film critic. Um, after 120 years of cinema, it's almost impossible to present something truly new to the movie going public. It's all been done, or so it can seem until a movie like Jackass Forever comes along. When Johnny Knoxville proudly announces, we have 15 gallons of pig semen, you know you are about to see something that has never been captured by a motion picture camera before. You can read the full review at Screen Crush if you are interested. (laughs) Yeah, like... There was such a there was such a difference because there was such a freedom for the movies, too, because like the show on MTV was whatever, you know, it was just kind of like dudes hitting their nuts. Right. Mm -hmm. But the movies was such a totally different thing because they had that freedom to kind of do whatever. And so they really took that super far. Um, Looking back, like even the first the first movie is just kind of just like a big episode. Right. Um, But yeah, like the, the cool thing about Jackass was that like it was never mean. Mm-hmm. And anytime it verged on being mean, it's like like they were always the joke. Like right. even even like the even like the prank segments and shit where they would like surprise people and things like that. Like the the, the people getting pranked were like never the joke. It was always look how fucking crazy we are. Like that was you know like that was always the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think that sort of gets lost in like uh maybe like remembering what that era was like. Um, because it, the jackass was like this super, super like hyper masculine sort of thing. Like they're always shirtless. Like they're always in like a speedo, you know, like it was just like this very like, like homoerotic, you know, like they're always sticking stuff up asses. Like, (laughs) like, yep. you know, um, but it was like seen as like the cool, the cool shit, you know, like you'd stay up late see it on mtv yeah i'll admit um i was never that uh big of a uh jackass watcher um i gravitated more towards the bam margera shows which i guess is like related right um yeah yeah that that show felt a bit meaner (laughs) i always heard it was i never got into it but yeah because like he was always like doing shit to his parents his parents and especially his uncle um really took the brunt of a lot of that stuff but uh yeah yeah that show definitely felt meaner than than jackass yeah um yeah, it, it was just such a, a an interesting time where like just a bunch of dudes like shooting fireworks out of their ass was like one of the most popular like things, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. It was. Um, I used to get a lot of skateboarding magazines. Yeah. In like elementary yeah. school and stuff. Animal Chin. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Um, I don't even remember like the context with that. Um, I think it had something to do with that, like that group of skateboarders that featured like like Tony Hawk and like maybe some of the other big names. I think it was a skate video uh-huh. with some kind of loose plot. Oh, okay. weren't they weren't they looking for Animal Chin or something? Oh yeah, it was like a quest, like a search for. Yeah. This guy with the uh, terrific mustache. The Search for Animal Chin, mm-hmm. 1987. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So this this must have been a like um, like a retrospective on that, this article, because this was from like the Probably. early this is from like the early 2000s or the mid 2000s. Yeah. The Bones Brigade. That's it. That's the name. Tony Hawk, Steve Cab- Caballero, Mike McGill. 
Lance Mountain. That's a fucking name. Oh yeah. That's a that's a porn name. <laughs> Lance Mountain. Mm-hmm. Um did you have a favorite skater? I probably did. I can't remember to be honest with you. Because I, I remember it's been like literally decades <laughs> since I've watched skateboarding, but I remember being a fan of uh Bucky Lassick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was really good. I think I think I was like really good with his stats on Tony Hawk. Mm, which yeah. Because they all had different, you know, stats. And I remember he was um, always like, he was always at the X Games and he was always like on the verge of winning. And he never did. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he might have won a couple, but I remember he was always like that one that was like so close a handful of times. And yep. that made him endearing to watch. Yeah. Yeah, like all those video games like SSX. Like I was playing Tony Hawk like up through PSP days, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, a lot of people love Skate 3. Yeah, I think I tried Skate 2. And it was like too realistic. For yeah, me. too technical. I just wanted to do crazy spins. Yeah, exactly. And grind on everything. But yeah, like like the skate videos and shit. Like that was such a big part of it. Cause like that's what CKY was, you know? Mm-hmm. And like like in the Tony Hawk games, like the collectibles were skate tapes. Like you're trying to find all the tapes and shit like that. And um, I, I know we're talking about like early 2000s. I will never forgive HBO for canceling Betty because that is like that show is like a perfect encapsulation of like skate culture now in the 21st century. Yeah. Like the, not the 21st century, but the this decade, like this moment. Um, yeah, it's so good. And they canceled it mm. after two seasons. I was very, very sad about that. But yeah, I, I just remember like even if you didn't skate, but you were like adjacent to that all that shit like you were wearing skate shoes like etnies remember etnies mm-hmm. like the, that was the, those were the shoes and they were they were skate shoes and they like kind of sucked to walk in because they were completely flat you know i was always into uh, vans yeah vans you know like um i did i did dabble in a little bit of uh <laughs> when i say that like i skated down the street a few times sure yeah never pulled any tricks I think yeah. my first skateboard was like a Hulk, Incredible Hulk skateboard in elementary school, mm-hmm. which was I think I was too mine large. Was Hot Wheels. Me. Hot Wheels, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, like I could, I could skate because of hockey. Mm, right. So I had, I had, I had rollerblades, but they were like hockey ones. Yes. Um, but like aside from like just being able to like skate backwards and like kind of just like do that shit. Like, that's kind of what impressed people that, like, could barely, like, you know, walk forward on skates. Mm-hmm. But then after elementary school, like, that was, like, not seen as cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, people only cared about skateboarding, really. I think yeah. I remember, because um, I, I had a tough time with gym class all throughout, you know, school. Um, but there was this one, there was this one week, and I forget what grade it was. It might have been, like, late elementary, um, maybe even middle school, probably not middle school, but it was hockey week. Mm-hmm. And and like you just said, you grew up playing hockey. I did not, but I re- yeah. I reaped the benefits because we were on the same team. Yeah, and uh, I remember I remember pretty clearly we had this one day where we just went off on everybody. Yeah, um, like yeah. I was getting one timers from you. Yeah, um, just like the the synergy going on there was was unreal. It's um, ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was just these. It's just these two white boys. Oh yeah, yeah. Just like, just like, like the only, dominating. Like the only two white kids in the entire gym class, <laughs> just going off in hockey for the one week they get to play it. Um, because I, I was uh, like, I was okay at basketball, but yeah, I was never. I never excelled at any of the games. But there was that one shining moment that I'll never, I'll never forget. Yeah, because we always had to play basketball or soccer. Oh, or it was, kick, it was, it was very uninspired. Yeah, it was very uninspired. And it's not like we were just playing those sports. Like they would just be like, okay, here's a soccer ball, here's a basketball. Like it, none of it was like 
actually trying to like get an organized game going or like try to like learn some of the basic skills of these games it was just like here take the basketball go go have fun yeah go find a group to play with yeah so i remember there was middle school when we had to do hockey um i actually got in trouble because <laughs> for high sticking the, yes for high sticking <laughs> because the gym teacher didn't know i remember this actually what high sticking was yeah so like I I ripped a wrist shot from across the gym and like I I literally hit like top shelf I hit the corner mm-hmm. um and my follow through like went up high where it was supposed to mm-hmm. like like shoulder length um and I got in trouble for a crazy high stick was what it was called that was the wording of it um, <laughs> yeah meanwhile the other gym teacher who knew I played hockey was like celebrating like crazy and called me Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Amazing. As I got in trouble, as I got in trouble for a high stick. Well, to be fair though, I following think, through on a wrist I, I, shot. I think the rules were pretty clear in that it was sticks on the ground at all times. But you can't play like that. No, you can. But those were the rules. <laughs> I know, but I, I come on. I had to, I had to do it. Yeah. You know, I had to do it to him. <laughs> it is wild every time they say Sidney Crosby, Crosby has been playing for seventeen years. I know, right? Oh. Like he did this thing last night. It was the most subtle thing. And I wouldn't have picked up on it if they hadn't captured the replay. But he was behind the net and he he took a pass. He fielded a pass and he angled his stick in the exact direction where it deflected right to, um, I believe, Rust. And it was like mm-hmm. the most unexpected thing. So Rust didn't wasn't even able to capitalize on it because he did not expect that that angle would ever like lead to him getting yeah. the puck. Um, but yeah, it's like little things like that that are just like dazzling. And just like does he, it every single night. Yeah, he does shit like that dozens of times mm-hmm. a game. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's amazing. And then in a one nothing game, he's like just blocking shots like like crazy at the at the end. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I just kind of wanted to like reminisce a little bit about like you know early two thousands like skate shit. Doesn't because the cause, Penguins they still play CKY in, in the arena, don't they? They used to. I don't know if they still do. Yeah. Um. It, it there was a there was a weird period of time where like they would play a CKY song and then like Malkin would score. Mm-hmm. Like it was it, it happened with like a weird regularity for like a couple seasons. Um. <laughs> Maybe that's just because Malkin scores a lot. It, it might have been, but it it, it felt <laughs> it, it felt, felt like, like it was I like there was a connection it. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so then I was like going down like the CKY rabbit hole, you know, and like. Have they made yeah. any music in the past? Like, I don't know, five <laughs> to ten years since I've stopped paying attention so, to them. So they so they split into two bands because they like basically broke up. Oh, that's right. So they have uh, a different singer, right? Yeah. So so the the one guy that didn't sing before is now singing at like in the like, quote unquote, CKY. And then the original singer is playing CKY shit as uh, 96 Bitter Beings. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, they're two different bands now that are the same band. Um, and I think they've both put out material. I have not listened to it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's going to beat that original, that, that first album. I believe it was yeah, called Volume yeah. 1. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, but I still like, like, An Answer Can't Be Found, and, like, their other stuff was still good. Yeah, there, uh, no, there is, all through the 2000s, there's, there's good stuff from them. But yeah, it was just such a, such a time. Mm-hmm. Like, you had Tony Hawk, you know, like... Those soundtracks, like, like the Vans Warped Tour would actually like have the half pipe and shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then there was Jackass who were like, they're all like wearing skate shit as they crash golf carts. <laughs> like the one, the one thing like Johnny Knoxville, like clearly almost died. 
Mm-hmm. Like the golf cart lands on his head. Like, like he almost just dies right there. And then they're just like laughing it off. And he's like, yeah, I literally can't remember what happened. Man. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, all right, on to the next thing. And it made the cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, Jesus, man. And it's like, it's 2022 and like... We're doing Jackass again. Holy fuck. Yeah, I'll watch it when it's uh, when it's out to watch it home for sure. Yeah, I don't think I I'll think go it, to I the theater it, for it. But no, I, is it on? Is it on like the Paramount? Is it on that thing? Oh, um, I do have that. I should check. Um, it might be interesting. I knew they held it for a while because they wanted to get it in theaters. Well, I know like Paramount, it's been ready. If it's made by Paramount, they have a thing with their movies where it'll have like a window for theatrical. And then I think after 45 days from that initial theatrical release, it'll be on the streaming service. So if it's not oh, okay. there now, it will be pretty soon. Yeah. Um, I, I doing like, you know, rabbit hole shit. Um, I found out that Jeff Tremaine, the uh, director of the Jackass movies and like the co-creator of the series, um, he was a producer on that Eric Andre prank movie. Oh, really? Yeah, which makes all the sense in the oh, world. Oh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I didn't know that Spike Jones was like <laughs> like super involved in the Jackass movies and he co- co-created the series. I forgot about that. It's like weird to think now because he's like such a like artsy director, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem and like co- it like it fits, like the origin story fits there. Yeah, but like he got started doing skate videos. Mm-hmm. And so like all these people knew each other from doing skate videos. Right. But yeah, Jackass is Basque. I, like, I don't know, maybe CKY can, you know, straighten out their weird shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's an opportunity, like, right? The nostalgia's in the air. People are interested. Yeah, we're going to start buying Etnies again and not tying them. Mm-hmm. Remember how nobody tied their shoes? Speaking of gym class, I got in trouble one time because we had to play kickball. And <laughs> the style at the time was to not tie your shoes. Mm-hmm. And so my shoe went flying and I got in trouble for it. High shoe. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's the nostalgia segment. I just wanted to talk about Jackass a little bit. Understandable. Are those, are the old ones streaming anywhere? They might be on Paramount. I don't know. That would make sense. Uh, I, had, I had to grab them. Yeah. Because um, like the original was like, you know, DVD quality, what I could find. Because it was like, you know, 2002. Sure. <laughs> so shit. It's like, Jesus. 2022, the year of the Matrix and Jackass. Yeah. Like, man, like, think about it. Like. The, the height of culture was like goth shit and skate shit. Mm-hmm. So strange to think about. When we were young. Right. I I tried to think of a pun off of that for the segment, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, you wanted to talk about some uh, some highbrow movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, some. Okay, I'm hoping my mic cancels out that awful floor creaking sound that sounds like farts. <laughs> Uh, it, it does not whenever you get up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to clarify <laughs> that that's what that is. Um, yeah, no, I wanted to talk about the Oscar nominations, uh, which came out this week, um, mm-hmm. sort of in lieu of a, a movie discussion. Um, although the reason we don't have a movie discussion is because I've completely forgot to mention the film last week. But <laughs> I this, had a feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but this works out though, because we can sort of focus mm-hmm. on this a little bit. Um, so yeah, the 94th Academy Awards happening uh, on March 27th. We got the nominations the other day. Um, did Have you looked through these? Uh, I'm currently doing so. Okay. So I feel like overall, 
Well, the Oscars are interesting, right? Because I, I tend to like prop them up with um, a, a certain amount of like significance and relevance that, that I know in my mind that they really don't deserve. Mm-hmm. Like I have this sort of like duality when it comes to the Oscars. It's like I want to really pay attention and kind of obsess over them. But then at the same time, I know that they are not representative of what, you know, the best of film. Um, and right. they, they often like leave me frustrated and, and annoyed as much as they excite me. So it's like I sort of like have a mixed, you know, relationship with with the Oscars. But um, I don't know. This year, for the most part, is is pretty solid. Um, there were some surprises, some things that you would definitely expect, um, some omissions that are, that are pretty bad. But uh, yeah, if we want to get into it here, the best picture... There are 10 films up for Best Picture this year, which I believe was a set number. Like they they had the intention of having 10. And so mm. they, they they fill it that way. Um, it's not like a movie has to hit like a certain like threshold to, to, to make it, right? So there's like a set of 10 that they're looking to fill those spots. I see. Yeah. So we have Belfast, the Kenneth Branagh film, which I have not seen yet. Um, I'm waiting for that to, um, it's available digitally, but like not to rent. Like I, I like to rent movies. Like I think right now it's mm-hmm. it's like a $20 purchase or whatever. I'm just waiting for that to come down. Um, I've heard like it's fine, you know, mm-hmm. I've heard like it's 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 OK. Like it seems to be a bit of a crowd pleaser, which is that those usually tend to do pretty well. Um we have Coda, which for me personally, I was this was the most pleasant surprise for me. Um, this is a movie that came out over the summer on Apple. It's one of my favorite movies of the past year. It is a coming of age story about um, it's pretty unconventional. It's about this girl uh, in high school and her family. Everyone in her family is deaf except for her. Um, so that like presents a pretty interesting dynamic. And then she's pursuing mm-hmm. she's pursuing uh, music. She wants to be a singer. Um, and it's it's a terrific movie. I was actually if we want to get back into film discussions, I was hoping we could maybe talk about this one in greater detail next week. OK, if you'd be up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was not expecting this to be up for Best Picture, but I was really happy it, it snuck in there. Um, one of the few streaming films on this list. Mm. Um, so, yeah, then we have Don't Look Up from Adam McKay, which this was the film, the sort of uh, star studded uh, climate change yeah, allegory yeah, yeah. that blew up on Netflix over the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not touching this one because. No, the, not me either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The last, I'm good. The last Adam McKay film that I watched was Vice. Was Vice, and I would honestly say that that's the worst movie I've ever seen. Really, I genuinely think so. And when I say that, like, obviously, there's a lot of really bad films that come out all the time. But when you put Except it through Mother, yeah, no, the, Vice is worse than Mother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, because the, the, the way I'm framing it as the worst movie I've ever seen is because the context of it, right? It was up for Best Picture that year. It was up for a bunch of Academy Awards. It was God. had a really good cast, and it was absolutely insufferable. Mm-hmm. Start to finish. Hated every second of it. Did you know that Dick Cheney gargles balls? Just absolutely, yeah, absolutely hated that. <laughs> um, honestly, I, I hate it so much that I won't touch anything that Adam McKay directs from now on. I just can't do it. This seems to be yeah. pretty divisive. Like, uh, a lot of people really liked it, and a lot of people thought it was terrible. Um, also, I don't like the fact that Adam McKay was, like, being preachy about climate change on social media. Like, we don't know what that is. Like, that he's found this... Deal. Yeah, like, he's found this great... Uh, you know, he's, he has this calling to to let the world know about climate change like we don't know already. It's very strange. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. He, he also he also let us know that Dick Cheney sucks, you know, 30 years too late. <laughs> exactly. It's just it's nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, like the sad thing about this is that I, I've I've heard a lot of people speculate that this could very well win Best Picture. That'll be so obnoxious. It would. Um, It'll be so obnoxious. So for the moment, I'm just like going to abstain from really talking about this because I, I haven't seen it and I don't plan to see it. So, um, but then we follow that up with something really cool, which is Drive My Car, uh, which I think was the real shocker for a lot of people. This was a uh, this is a, a three hour art film based on a, a Murakami short story. Um, that really captured a lot of attention at like the festivals it played at over the past few months mm. and people really love it. And it just seems like this movie that's destined to not really gain much recognition because of the type of film that it is. Mm-hmm. And yet here it is nominated for best picture. Mm. And we also have, um, uh, Hamaguchi, the director, he's up for best director too. So it got a lot of love here, which is, which is pretty cool. I haven't, we haven't, um, had the chance to see it because it hasn't, been given a wide release yet um nor is it on digital so I'm, I'm really excited to watch that i think this is a product of the academy expanding and the fact that almost 30 percent of the academy is now international mm. um so movies like this are really getting an opportunity to break through which is awesome like we had parasite a couple years ago right 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 um not that i'm expecting this to win best picture but the fact that it's here is is very cool um because this is like a critics movie you know it's like a film twitter letterbox critics movie and it's just not something that you would expect to, to be here mm-hmm. um so yeah then we have dune great love it um i know i was probably higher yeah. on dune than you were but yeah um, we have King Richard, which I haven't seen. Uh, it's the Will Smith film about um, the father of the Williams sisters. I'm going to wait for that to swing back around because uh, it was on HBO Max for a period, then it left. I still need to see it, so I'll, I'll wait for that to come back. It was almost like three hours long, <laughs> which kind of like it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I don't want to dedicate the time for this right now because I also heard it wasn't that amazing. Mm-hmm. So, But I do need to see it, though. Um, then we have liquors. So that was that was a, that was a documentary, though. No, it, no, it's a it's a biopic. Okay. Yeah, biopic. Um, stars Will Smith. That's about all I know about it. Mm. Um, yeah, we have Licorice Pizza. Paul Thomas Anderson. I was gonna see this, like I was geared up and ready to go see this, and then Omicron just like took over. Yeah. So I decided to wait. Um, Nightmare Alley, which is another surprise, the new Guillermo del Toro. Um, just hit streaming services, and there's there are theories that that's a big reason why it ended up here. Because the day that Oscar nominations, the the ballots opened, like you could start voting, was the day that this hit both HBO Max and Hulu. Oh. And it's currently the most watched film on Letterboxd in the past like two weeks. So it seems like this gained a lot of traction just very recently and they timed the release very well. Because mm-hmm. it, it wasn't getting a lot of attention during its theatrical run back in like December and early January. And because of that, I was surprised to see it show up here. Yeah. Have you seen it yet? No, I haven't. No, I've been meaning to. Another I, movie I, I that's almost, had the time. almost three hours long. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, then we have Power of the Dog, which um, has the most nominations of any film this year with 12. Um, I don't I don't see it up here for gayest movie of the year. Um, um <laughs> well, yeah, looking at the list of <laughs> best picture, I think it is the gayest film in this category. <laughs> yeah. I think you nailed it back when we talked about it. You called that. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of ways the academy could go to like expand its its like scope and and like award different types of films and creators. And I feel like gayest movie would be would be a, yeah. good, a good way to go. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So wrapping it up, we have West Side Story, which was a, a shoe in. Like that was never not going to happen. 
Sure. Um, this one has seven nominations compared to the 10 that the 1960s version had. Okay. Um, so yeah, those are our 10, our 10 best picture noms of the ones I've seen, uh, which is how many, let's see, one, two, three, I've only seen four out of 10 so far, which is kind of shameful, but I do have time to catch up. Um, well, I mean, a bunch of these were in theaters. True. Only. Yeah. For- so of the four I've seen, I think Power of the Dog is my favorite. Mm. Um, although I have a feeling that Drive My Car is very much my kind of shit. It sounds it sounds very much like it. Yeah. So yeah. we'll have to we'll have to wait and see about that. <laughs> but um, yeah. Any any thoughts on the Best Picture? Uh no. I I, I really need to see the Del Toro. Um, yes, me too. I'll watch anything he makes. Uh, Same with Paul Thomas I, Anderson. I, I'm pretty surprised to see Dune, honestly. Oh, okay. Um, Just because of like the Academy's history with like genre stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the majority of the reasoning. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. Like, it, it's hard to judge Dune completely, right? Because it's like the structure of it. We talked about that whenever we talked about Dune. The structure of it is so strange where it doesn't have that, like, you know, climax, right? It just kind of ends um, and it says this is only the beginning. Like, it, it, it's it, it's tough to judge it as, like, a movie movie. You know what I mean? I, 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 I see what you mean, but I kind of disagree because I, I feel like the climax is from, the, from a character perspective because I think the character, the main character, hits a very crucial point in his story and everything was leading up to that point and that's where the movie ends and I feel like that's an, a proper, like appropriate ending of like that chapter. And so I do feel like you can kind of judge it based off of that. If that makes sense, I suppose. I I I just feel like it, it is it is a huge outlier here. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, the outliers yeah, don't look up. Well, yeah. But I'm like yeah. confused by everything surrounding that movie. I, I just mean, I just don't know that, why anybody would work with me, Adam McKay, no less like Meryl Streep. Like I just don't get it. To me, to me, that one is less surprising. To be honest with you, I guess because like everybody's seen it. Like according to Netflix, it's their most watched film on the platform ever. I don't trust their metrics. No, but it's probably up there. Like, I believe that it's up there. They're so full of shit. It's probably up there, but they're so full of shit about a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's true. Um, Like, they probably start counting if you play 10 seconds of the preview now. Like, I don't don't trust their numbers at all. Mm -hmm. I trust their numbers less than TikToks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, speaking of Dune, though, one omission, one snub, you might call it, that a lot of people were talking about this week is in the Best Director category. Because there's no Denny Villeneuve here. Yeah. Which is, it's especially interesting because Dune has so many other nominations. Like, it's all over the place. Right. And yet the thing that ties everything together, the person that ties everything together is Denny Villeneuve, and he's not recognized here. I, I think I think it, it comes down to just the way that the categories are. Like, like it, if a movie is up for best picture, mm-hmm. then wouldn't it lead you to believe that the best director would also be up. So then you would have 10 nominees for best director. That's a good point right? because looking at all the best director noms here, all five of them are also in the best picture category. Yeah. So I, I think it's honestly a problem of the format more so than. Yeah. Cause know. it's like, who do you take away here? You don't take away Jane Campion. You don't take away right. PTA. I would argue maybe Spielberg. Um, yeah. Cause I, I, I don't think the directing was the strong, uh, area of that, of West Side Story. Um, I don't know. So yeah, I think I, th- otherwise it would just mirror best picture. That's yeah, that's I, a good so point. So I think that's, so since it's cut down, there's going to be omissions. Sure. I, I think that's mostly the case. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. One of the real headlines here in best director is the fact that Jane Campion is the first woman 
ever to receive multiple Best Director nominations. Mm. Um, she's also only the second woman to ever receive a Best Director nomination. So it goes Jane Campion in, I believe, 93. She was the first. And then we have to go all the way to last year with Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Mm-hmm. And now Jane Campion again. Mm. Um, which, like a lot of people pointed out how sad that is. Yeah. yeah. Which is obvious. And that's a good point to make. But I also kind of look at it as like, okay, well, we've had two in the past calendar year. So that's something, you know, like that's progress that right there, like that's trending in a good direction. Yeah. Um, That's just the way I like to look at it because it is depressing otherwise. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's better than nothing, but yeah. And I think she's deserving. I think Power of the Dog is outstanding. I hope she wins this. I think she's the favorite to win this. Um, I think that movie has a better chance of winning in directing than it does Best Picture. Mm, mm-hmm. So that, that should be interesting. Um, Because because who else will be up? It would be... um um um. Her lost daughter. Uh, oh, Maggie right? Gyllenhaal. Like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think it is another case of uh, the format. Oh, I mean, there's a million. Great- at least this. At least this. At least this year. Yeah. You know. Right. Well, part of it is like what types of movies does, does the Academy recognize, right? Because there's a million great films directed by women in the past calendar year, which is like most of them are not here. Yeah. So when it comes to the movies that are actual contenders, as far as like this voting body, you're. I think you're right. I think it is Power of the Dog, and it is. Um, Lost Daughter. Yeah. Um, Acting is all over the place here. I don't even know what to make of these categories. Um, So like under Best Actress, the one thing that I'm really happy to see is Kristen Stewart Mm -hmm. because she was snubbed by the um, Screen Actors Guild. Mm. She was also snubbed by the BAFTAs. Wow. Um, And people have theories about the BAFTAs, which is very funny to me. Oh, um, because she's American? No, actually, it has to do with Spencer. It has to do with the fact oh, that oh, Prince yeah, yeah, William yeah, sure. is, I think, part of like whatever organization runs the BAFTAs. And maybe there was some like bias there or like some intentional oh, exclusion okay. when it comes to Spencer. I see. Which like I don't quite understand because like from my perspective, that film is is just a love letter to Diana Spencer. And it has no like negative nothing negative about it. like it's just if that was like my mother i would be i would be thrilled like i i don't quite understand but he's he's the he's the good crown boy right he's oh, okay the one that... so he's aligning himself more with the the establishment the monarchy okay yeah, that makes yeah. sense that makes sense right he's not the one that left right that's the other one right that's the other one yeah yeah so so you know that that could be that's a conspiracy theory but it, it does sort of make sense um but I'm, I'm very happy to see Kristen Stewart here I think that's probably my favorite performance that I've seen all year mm-hmm. um I don't know what her odds of actually winning are considering that she doesn't have that SAG uh support yeah um it kind of feels like this one will be like Olivia Coleman or um, maybe Kidman like somebody who's who's been recognized before that's Nicole Kidman as uh I Love Lucy yeah another movie I'm not touching yeah in fact, she and um, Javier Bardem are both nominated for for those performances. Yeah, I'm I'm good. Yeah, I'll pass. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah, and then rounding that out is Penelope Cruz in the the new Almodovar movie, Parallel Mothers, which is not out yet. Um, so I haven't, mm. haven't been able to see that. Uh, best actor we have Bardem. Uh, we have Benedict Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog. Uh, Andrew Garfield's Tick, Tick, Boom, which I haven't seen yet. That's the, uh, about the, it's from Lin-Manuel Miranda about the uh, creator of Rent. Um, Will Smith, King Richard, and then Denzel Washington from uh, Macbeth, which was a nice, uh, nice one. I I wasn't expecting that, but that's really good. Yeah, that that is kind of surprising to me. Mm -hmm. Um, If anything, I figured... Frances McDormand would have been up for Best Actress yeah, out right. of that one. Um, 
So that is pretty surprising because I don't I don't think out of that whole cast I don't think he had the strongest performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but it yeah. is still Denzel it, at course. the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, supporting actress uh, Jesse Buckley from The Lost Daughter, fantastic. I think I believe this is her first uh, nomination, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, Ariana DeBose from West Side Story. I think she's the favorite to win this. She plays the character that was played by Rita Moreno in the original, um, just like a mm-hmm. very beloved character, and she was just like electric in this role. Um, and it's also notable because DeBose and uh, Kristen Stewart made some history here because they are the, this is the first time that two openly queer actors have been nominated in the same Oscars. Hmm. Yeah. Um, then we have Judy Dench, uh, Belfast. Um, I might mispronounce this, which I apologize, but um, Anjanu Ellis from King Richard and uh, Kirsten Dunst, Power of the Dog. They nominated Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons. Hey. Some some yeah. true power couple there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then supporting actor is, is Plemons, uh, Troy Kotzer from CODA, which we'll talk about more next week. Um, uh, Kieran Hines from Belfast, uh, J.K. Simmons from being the Ricardos. Okay, sure. Um, and then, uh, Cody Smith McPhee from Power of the Dog. I'm assuming that is the, the kid, right? Like the main, the main kid. Uh, yes. I would have considered him a lead, but I guess that that's Benedict Cumberbatch. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, he was really good. It'd be cool to see him win. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of weird to see Jesse Plemons here, honestly. Yeah, he didn't have a ton to do in that. No, film. he's he's almost like a background. He character. yeah, especially in the second half of it when like all the really like major stuff happens. Yeah. he's very much on the periphery. Um, in fact, one of the defining things of that character is that he's kind of like clueless, like to what's <laughs> to right. what's actually going on. So. Yeah, not a whole lot for him to do, um, but I guess it's kind of name recognition, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, what I think, what a lot of this comes down to. It's why you never know what the acting category is. They're just like a crapshoot. Yeah. Um, some of these we can skip over. Uh, there are some some more notable ones, though. Uh, adapted screenplay, we have Coda, which, again, I love. Uh, Drive My Car, uh, Dune. So the, so the Dune screenplay gets nominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lost Daughter, which I know you have problems with that screenplay, but I really loved it. Um, Power of the Dog is the last one there. Yeah. Pretty strong. Like these screenplay ones are the ones I usually look to because um, they usually contain the best the best films. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's pretty strong there across the board, assuming that Drive My Car it lives up to, to what everybody has said. Um, and then for original screenplay, we have Kenneth Branagh's Belfast. Uh, we have <laughs> Don't Look Up again here. <laughs> Uh, King Richard, um, Licorice Pizza, and then another another festival favorite, which is The Worst Person in the World uh, from, from Joaquin Trier. This is a film that I just have heard endless great things about, and it hasn't had a wide release yet. I think it's playing New York mm. and L.A., and I'm just dying to see it. And I'm happy for all the people that were excited by this screenplay nomination because I, I, I don't think there was much expectation that it would be up for anything, so... Mm-hmm. So that's really cool to see. Um, editing, we have uh, Don't Look Up once again. We have Dune, which, hell yeah. Um, like, that's just a superbly edited film, I think. Um, King Richard, Power of the Dog, Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, animated feature. So there's some really interesting history here that was made. This uh, documentary, Flea. I don't know if you've heard of this. It came out on, on Hulu this week. And it's the first. Uh, no, no, I haven't. Yeah, so it's the first movie that's ever been nominated in this specific trio of categories, which is best animated feature, best documentary feature, and best international feature. Interesting. Yeah, so it's um, it's about it's a Den- it's a film from Denmark. It's about um, 
a a man who tells his story uh, of being a refugee who fled Afghanistan. And um, it's told mostly through animation to protect the identity of the of the person telling the story. Mm. And I watched it yesterday. Because mm-hmm. it's now on streaming, and I was I was blown away by it. It's outstanding, and it's I just think it's so cool that it was nominated in these these three categories because it's very much deserving to be in all three of them, and it's just like not something we've really seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel like this is another um, result of that international um, segment of the voting body really propping something up, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Like just just give me more of that, you know? Yeah. Um, cause I, I, gen- I genuinely feel like, <laughs> like the international voters, uh, probably have better film taste than, or at least watch more of like, I don't know. Like there's something about the voting body of the Oscars where it's like a long running joke where it's like most people don't actually watch the movies that they're voting on, you know? Right. Um, which is how I guess you get something like don't look up because it's so accessible and everybody's seen it. Mm-hmm. But it's like the Academy has its own streaming service now for people that are voters. Like you could just go on there and watch everything. <laughs> like it's so easy. And yet and yet most people just like don't care, which is very sad because let me tell like I feel like we watch more more of these Academy um nominated films than the actual voters do. <laughs> Like if I had a vote, I would be I would be treating that as like sacred. I would be doing my right, due diligence, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of these people are like work in the industry and are very busy and stuff. But like still, anyway, um, yeah. So the anime features are Flea, um, Encanto, which I believe is uh, Pixar. I think I yeah. think that and Luca are both Pixar films. Um, yeah. Then Mitchell's versus Machines, which I've heard is is quite good. I think that's on Netflix. And then Raya and the Last Dragon. Um, I've I've only seen Flea out of these, so I really can't speak to any of the other ones. But Pixar Pixar is usually the favorite because it's Pixar. Yeah. Um, documentary. We have. Uh, I have a lot of catching up to do here as well because the only one I've seen here is Flea. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, Ascension, which I haven't heard of, um, as well as Attica, which I have not heard of. Summer of Soul, which has been on Hulu since last summer, and a lot of people really like. Um, and then Writing with Fire. So yeah, I'm going to have to do my my homework on the documentaries this year. Um, cinematography, Dune, which like should win because like there's visuals in that movie that I've, I've literally never seen before in in like a blockbuster film. Um, mm-hmm. Just like the scale and, and just like the spectacle and, and all that. Just incredible. Um, but we also have Power of the Dog, which is a beautifully shot movie as well. And actually what I just said about Dune also sort of works for Macbeth too. Like there's no movie I've seen that looks like the tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah. Tragedy of Macbeth is great to see here. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a really good one. Um, definitely like if that movie should be nominated for anything, it's this. Mm-hmm. So I'm very mm-hmm. happy about that. Um, Nightmare Alley and, uh, and West Side Story. Um, international feature. We have uh, Drive My Car. We have Flea. We have uh, The Hand of God from Italy, which I have to look around and see if that's streaming anywhere. Um, then we have Lunana, a yak, a yak, yak in the classroom. I have not heard of this one. Yak. Yak. Okay. Um, yeah, I have to look into that. I haven't heard of it. Um, and then we have the worst person in the world, which uh, the very first opportunity I get, I will be seeing that one. Um, and yeah, that's that's about it. I mean, there's there's a couple of craft ones here, like uh, visual effects. There's uh, Dune. There's James Bond. There's Shang Chi, Spider Man, and for some reason, Free Guy. <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> jesus right. christ whatever yeah um production design is is dune nightmare alley power of the dog Macbeth, and uh west side story which are all, all solid ones there but uh yeah like i feel like this is this is far from the worst slate of uh nominations that the academy has put out there especially in the last few years mm-hmm. 
Like, I don't, I mean, I guess we could have, like, sort of a green book scenario if Don't Look Up ends up winning a bunch. But uh, otherwise, like, there are quite a few deserving films here. Mm-hmm. Like, the they're never going to represent the best in, in movies. But as far as, like, these types of shows go, like, this is, this is pretty good. And I, I wonder, like, how much the, like, the streaming aspect of it and, like, movies being more accessible, like, right now, like, with the closures of theaters and stuff. I wonder if that plays into this a bit. Um, or whether, maybe. Well, I think maybe more than that, it's probably the continued, like, expansion of the actual voting body, right? Like, a more diverse and representative uh, voting body is probably what's driving this. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of... Uh theaters mm-hmm. do you see this where uh movie pass everybody's <laughs> favorite service that uh worked as you stole money from it basically yes it was a glorious <laughs> glorious year uh they're trying to relaunch mm-hmm. um i don't know did you get an email from them because i got an email from them <laughs> maybe it ended up in my spam folder but i didn't maybe. i didn't see any no uh, yeah, I got an email from them saying like, "Hey, watch our watch our thing. We're coming back." And I was like, "Okay, man." Yeah, they had like a uh, they had like a um like a press conference, right? Yeah, they did like an Apple style press thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, their their new guy, I don't even know who he is. Uh, no, he's the new old guy. Uh, he's like the original. Is he? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Stacy Spikes. Uh, he's even in like the black turtleneck, like Steve Jobs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're going to try to relaunch this summer. Um. And they don't really have any details about what they're going to do or how they're going to do it. Just that they're going to try to be back. Yeah, um, it was very vague. They're they're talking about some kind of credit system mm-hmm. and that credits are going to roll over from month to month and that you can trade or share credits with other users. Yeah, they emphasize the sort of like take a friend type thing, which which the first iteration of MoviePass was a very like individual uh, yeah, based be- subscription. Like it was just for one be- person. Yeah, because if nobody if, if anybody didn't use MoviePass or wasn't aware of it, um, you got a credit card, uh, like yeah. a MoviePass card, and you would just buy tickets using that MoviePass card and you only paid your MoviePass subscription. Uh, you did not pay for the tickets. Everything was charged. You could think of movie pass card. You could think of uh, what's his name, Stacy Spikes. Yeah, he yeah. was like the sugar daddy of of cinephiles. Pretty much, yeah. Um, we were seeing movies every week. Uh, yeah, it was it was a ridiculous time. Uh, that's putting it. That's, quickly... that's conservative there because I was going multiple times a week. That's true. That's true. You're yeah, but like I was out of control. There was no the reason. Most, the most movies I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, the most the most popcorn I've ever eaten. Uh, <laughs> it it was a ridiculous time. Well, yeah, it was ridiculous the because company... like um you would you would be using this movie pass, but at the same time you would be getting like reward points from the theaters. Yeah. So you're getting yeah. like free popcorn and shit too on top. Of it. Yeah. Oh, it was it was it was glorious. Mm-hmm. Um and and of course the company quickly went bankrupt because they were purchasing <laughs> all of these tickets. Uh and like got to the point where like sometimes the 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 card wouldn't work and. There was literally no customer service. Uh, they really went down in flames. It was it was absolutely crazy. It was very dramatic. Um, yeah. Uh, and they're also saying that there's going to be some kind of system where you can watch ads to get more credits or something. And that the, the, the your phone camera would track your eyeballs to make sure that you are actually watching the ads. 
That reminds me of uh, when when they were not quite on fire, but they were starting to smoke a little bit. Like when they were on the downfall the first time, they tried to implement a uh, a ticket verification system where you'd have to like take a photo of the ticket after you bought it. But like you'd also have to have your location on and you'd have to be within like a certain parameters of the theater itself. Yeah, that was the other thing, because you had to you had to like buy your ticket like on the movie pass app first mm-hmm. and like basically preload your card with the funds that's right and then use the card to buy the ticket at the theater um but yeah then they, they were so convinced that there was like all this rampant fraud happening with the movie pass card uh meanwhile it was just people just using it yeah <laughs> and they were just they were just hemorrhaging money because of all the tickets they were purchasing like the business model made no sense because you were paying like 15 dollars a month for unlimited movies and then they scaled it back or whatever like you can only see like three a week or some shit like that mm-hmm. um i actually think so like i paid for the yearly thing because they had like a costco deal or whatever yeah so it was 90 dollars for a whole year of unlimited movies um and then as they were going down in flames i like got a refund yeah on that which was so, surprising like, saw, but like yeah i know like i had to fight for it but like i got so like i saw free movies for like it was it was like eight months or whatever. I don't know how long it was. Uh, it was insane. It was really insane. Um, I, I I I don't see how they can make any of this work. Yeah. Like like this this credits thing where you could buy and trade it sounds like a weird crypto thing. Uh, the it's very dystopian. The whole watching the ads shit. Um, I mean, something we were talking about uh, trying to figure out their business model back the first time when they were doing this was like, I think their ultimate goal was to like partner with actual theaters, right? Yes. Which is, yes. is actually like, sounds like something sustainable, but I don't know if that's like realistic. No, because what happened was, is that AMC started rejecting movie pass, right? Oh my God. I remember that there was a thing where people were actually covering up the movie pass logo on the credit card with something else. Yeah. Because Cause it was just because it was just a master. Yeah, because they were being rejected. If if people if like the employees saw that movie pass logo, they'd be like, no, you can't use that here. So they would just like tape over it with like a yeah. <laughs> with like a Visa logo. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Um and then AMC came out with their own plan. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do we need movie pass? We can just do this. Yeah, it's like they're trying to be a middleman when there's no need. Yeah, the theaters can just do it. Yeah. And this this article from Variety even says AMC and Regal came out with their own plans. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were more expensive because AMC and Regal were trying to actually make money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I tried the AMC thing for a while. It was okay. It was just way more money um, because, of course. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't see how this is going to work. I wonder if but. they could like find a niche because this thing, like right now, Mubi, the the streaming service, the sort of art house, foreign language, uh, indie themed mm-hmm. like streaming service, like the very like niche thing that um, you get a lot of movies that you really can't find anywhere else. They, they've expanded to uh, have this thing that's part of your subscription called Mubi Go, which is um, basically like the, the streaming service itself is highly curated like that's their thing like they they curate movies they have like a film of the day they have different mm-hmm. like collections and themes and stuff and so they've they've taken that and they've they've had this sort of like movie pass style um uh like spin-off to it which is like they select one movie every week 
that you can get a ticket for that's included with your subscription and you can go see that at like a participating Mm. theater. And I think right now it's like, it works like internationally. And I think they've started having it in like New York City, which Mm -hmm. obviously makes a lot of sense because all the indie films and stuff play in New York City. But yeah, like it seems like that works really well because they have like this, this, they, they're they like catering to a, a type of, of, of moviegoer that it's more sustainable than like, here's a credit card, go watch Spider-Man 15 times. Right. And like they're actually partnering with like theaters that might actually benefit from like the exposure and people coming in and, and watching films there, you know? Yeah, yeah. If, if, if MoviePass like actually partnered with indies mm-hmm. that, that need people in the seats, you know? But it sounds like um, they've kind of gotten beaten to that by movie. Um, yeah. Very interesting company. Well, if they if they could do it at scale, though, yeah, like, you know, true, then true. Um, um, yeah, movies very interesting because their their streaming service is awesome, and like they have a different like they're basically a distributor. Like they buy up films at festivals, mm-hmm. and they've also like built a movie theater in like Mexico. Mm. So like doing all these different things related to art house, like they've they've covered all these different areas, and it seems to be working really well. So it's it's a pretty cool company. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very I'm I'm very uh, skeptical of this this return to movie pass. Yeah, I don't I don't see any situation in which it works. I, I really I really don't. No. Um, Although if we can just like take their money for another like six months while they try and figure shit out. Yeah. I mean I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't want to do any weird ad watching or whatever the fuck. Um. But yeah, if they're just gonna hand out credit cards or tickets <laughs> yeah. or whatever, then. Because uh, yeah, at one yeah, point I, they I'd were be... they were bought up by like a, uh, a statistics company, right? Yes. And yes. and so the angle there was like, okay, so now we have all this data on your movie going habits, we can sell that. Yeah. But that never really turned into anything either. No. And if you think about it, it doesn't really make sense because the theaters already have that. Mm-hmm. Because you're buying tickets from the theaters still. Exactly. So it, none of it none of it made sense. No. At all. <laughs> it just didn't but it was really and then they, yeah they, then they also tried to like they tried to buy a couple movies and distribute them i remember that right they're like the, the, those like shitty like were they blumhouse or were they're like there's something like that yeah pretty much um yeah when things yeah. when things were really bad like <laughs> near the end and they had done things like um they did sort of like the uber uh the uber thing where it's like uh oh yeah the surge pricing surge pricing yeah, yeah, yeah and so like towards the end when they were really about to to just shut down entirely people like couldn't get tickets to anything except yeah. for the the, <laughs> the movies that they purchased yeah so yes. it's like everything would be like sold out or inaccessible except you can go see this really crappy thing that we purchased yeah, the worst one was whenever they, they claimed like they were having technical difficulties or whatever, but it was like the weekend of a Marvel movie. Yes, that's and right. And they clearly they clearly had just shut it off because there was no way they could afford <laughs> to pay for all the tickets for the Marvel movie. At that point, uh, it was literally there was just like a clock ticking and like the account, their account was being drained. And it's like, let's just keep using them until all their money runs out and the app doesn't work anymore. Yes. Yes. It was really amazing. It was it was something else. What a time. Mm-hmm. That feels like so fucking long ago, and I guess it was. I mean, I really credit but... them because I wasn't super into films before MoviePass. Like, I kind of was, <laughs> but that was definitely like a launching yeah. point for me. 
So I, I really, I appreciate, you know. Uh, oh my God. And I hope it works out somehow. I hope maybe they have a business plan that that's feasible, but I just don't see they it. They really do. They're, they still didn't say it. No, like, no, it's not encouraging to have this big press conference and draw all this attention to yourself and then not have any specifics, like not even no. a price. No, nothing. <laughs> like we're going to have all these just, tiers, but you don't know what any of the tiers are. Yeah. Or how this, like, are you using the service, like, is a credit equal to one ticket? Or, like, not, there's nothing. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. And not even, like, an official date, just the summer. Right. Like, yeah, is it an app? Is it, a, is it like, a browser extension where you buy your tickets beforehand? Like, what, what is any of it? And what is any of it? Not to mention nothing. the COVID of it all and the fact that, like, <laughs> yeah. I personally don't really want to go to the theater very often. Um, like, if something's available to watch at home, no matter what it is, I will watch it at home. Oh, don't you know everything's going to be fine in March now? Oh, God. Yeah. Everything's going to be fine. We don't We don't need the masks in March. And we don't need the vaccine requirements in March now for whatever reason. Yeah, it's wild. Um, it's just it's you see it's one apparently sto- it's apparently stopping in March. Yeah, you see one <laughs> you see one news story where it's like COVID deaths reach an all time high, and then right below it, it's like mass mandates are being lifted. Yeah, it's like okay, all right, cool. I think we tried this before, and, <laughs> and then we had Delta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe maybe it will finally be the end. But I you know it's been two fucking years of this shit, man. Yep. So. There's a really good TikTok. I wish I'd saved it of someone pointed out a New York Times headline from the very early in the pandemic. And it was front page, the top headline, it was like the milestone of 100,000 COVID deaths, right? Mm-hmm. And then something from like last week where the front page is like Olympic coverage. You have to go all the way down to the bottom. And there's a story that says like US reaches, I think, 900,000 COVID deaths. Uh, <laughs> but there is uh, a lot of hope or something like that. So it's like the the <laughs> the contrast between 100,000 and the severity and like the seriousness of that situation contrasting yeah. with the 900,000 milestone and just we don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty it's do, pretty wild. Do you remember when we like first had the vaccines and it was like it was like summertime, mm-hmm. you know? And it was like, "Oh hey, you know, maybe this is maybe this is turn, actually turning a corner." Mm-hmm. And you know, like we had shows. Yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah i'll i'll wait and see um we should wrap this up yeah we should we went a little long here yeah um i have to see if the nda segment is even <laughs> worth worth oh, i still need to figure i still need to learn uh, more details about that uh yeah uh i i will i can't i can't tell you i cannot i, I can't tell right. you no i'll have to um uh, uh oh shoot uh, yes, you'll you'll have to guess off air. Right. Uh, yes. Uh, ha ha ha. Um, anyway, uh, that's going to do have to learn us. not to go over Thank two hours. Thank you so much for listening. things really, like, once we hit, you, you said it last week, once we hit that two hour mark. Yeah, no, it's it's just yeah. sludge. It's just brain sludge. <laughs> um, uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Dead Row. Check out the Facebook facebook.com slash dead and tv uh thank you for 400 likes on the facebook page i don't know where all you people come from uh twitch.tv slash dead and tv do a youtube search for dead and you know that's and you can that's more us. likes than um razzle dazzle had instagram followers prior to the new story it's true so we must it's be doing true. something <laughs> so that means we shouldn't uh pivot into crypto rap it's uh what, what that's telling me and you could email us anything at all at video at co and give us a rating on the podcast app of your choice if you are allowed to do so all right that's gonna be it for us uh, we will see you next time 